From the Shepherd House International in Georgetown, Guyana, Bishop Victor Connors Asabre, anointed by God, will inspire you with rare and down-to-earth but provoking teachings from the Word of God to love the Lord deeply and to devote yourself to His work. Discover how God can change your life and ministry forever. Now, here is Bishop Collins. Take your seat. What a blessing it is. Final session. We came in um, the morning of yesterday. Uh, woke up. Some woke up around 2 a.m. to get ready. We, we took off around 4. And um, we've not been to Kakwani before. Actually, we've been, we've been around a bit, but this is the first time that we're driving ourselves uh, this far. And the type of uh, motor road, motorway roads, asphalted roads we have. You know, so we were careful. We actually had to get extra gas in our vehicles because we didn't know how far we were coming. Even though Google said five hours, we said, no, you never know what's going to happen. So we came prepared somehow to see what God will do. And it has been a nice journey. It's been a good journey. And we want to thank God for Pastor Court Simeon. Simeon, I bless you. We want to thank God for his life, the life of his beautiful wife, the hospitality, the reception. The Bible says that let brotherly love continue. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 1. And it goes on to say that we should be hospitable because many without knowing have entertained angels. If an angel is coming into your life, you will not know. God does not announce the presence of angels. And so he's given us like a, bl- a, 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 blanket, a blank check where we have to treat everybody nice because you don't know who is carrying what you need in your life. Oh, no, and I acknowledge the presence of, I think, Apostle Blair and Pastor Solomon here. It's a blessing. God bless you, sir. God bless. Oh, why don't you put your hands together for them? We've been looking out for them since yesterday. That's Pastor Solomon, Apostle Blair. God bless you so much. It's nice to see your face at least. Even if we don't get a chance to talk, I've seen your face. You've seen my face. I'm sure we'll connect as we go along. Now, I am pioneering um, a mission and a movement in this country. I came into Guyana 2005. March of 2005, and we started our church in August of 2005. Um, the gap was because uh, we were supposed to, we were waiting on, uh, that time was, I think, Gail, Gail Teixeira. Gail Teixeira was the Minister of Home Affairs, because Ganraj, Gajraj, or Ganraj, it was Gajraj. He had been sent on, uh, what, administrative leave for the phantom things that was happening here. And so Gail Teixeira was the one um, taking, you know, was responsible acting in his place. And we came in to apply for a staying permit, which many of you don't understand. Because this is your country, so you don't understand what staying permit means. <laughs> you were born here, you grew up here. ID card, you don't have some, but you don't have a problem. But if I don't have an ID card, I have a problem. Because I wasn't born here. And so we applied. It took us about six months before the government approved my permit to stay for one year then, one year in Guyana. And so I was given an instruction by my spiritual father, who's right behind me there, the, the, the prophet, um, Dagi Wadmeos, not to start the church until I have been granted stay. And so for six months, I, um, I moved around. Every Sunday, my, myself and my family would find a church and visit. Because I, I didn't know how Guyanese do church. And it was very, very interesting going around seeing how Guyanese do church. If I tell you some of the things that 
I find very strange. You know, you don't believe it. So I won't say it. <laughs> but there are so many things I find very strange. One of the things I find very strange is when we are singing and praising God, people will be seated. It's, it's, it's gross disrespect to the one who created the heavens and the earth. That you have left your house. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And you come to the house of the Lord and you are sitting down and clapping. You, you, it's like, it's like you don't have manners. That's how I saw it. I mean, I found it very interesting. I said I won't say anything, but you have, you have provoked me to say something. <laughs> you, you don't worship sitting down. Worship is, an, worship is action. Worship is action. So when you are worshiping somebody, you are either on your knees, you are either falling down on your stomach, or you are doing something, but you don't sit down. Sitting down is, has nothing in relation to reverence to someone who can just snuff you out in a second. And so the lack of understanding, I, I, it, it, blew, it blew my mind away. And so for six months, I, I, I had the liberty to visit. I visited so many churches in Georgetown, and I learned so many things. So when I started, I started from day one, and when you come to church, you can't sit down. I will not allow you to sit down. And when, the, when I'm going to preach, we ask everybody to stand. Because when, when the children go to school, when Miss enters the class, all the children stand up. If you're a teacher, you understand what I'm saying. The man of God comes to preach and you don't stand up. Why are you sitting down when the man of God is coming to preach? It's the same thing we grew up and then we, do, we end up not respecting God and not respecting the church. And so coming, God laid on my heart, I shared it last night, how I, I, I wanted to press a button and change Guyana one time in 2006. And uh, it was a success when we organized a march for Jesus in Georgetown. But the next year, the pastors in Georgetown sabotaged the march. Now, it's okay, isn't it? Because when you're a new face, people are very skeptical about who you are. So I came into Kokwani, in fact, with my own pastors and leaders. Because I, 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 that's why the fact that Give Thyself Holy Pastors Association and we're traveling under the banner of the association. I'm not traveling under the banner of even my, the ministry that we started 17 years ago. We are here as members of Give Thyself Holy Pastors Association. And I know that it is a very difficult task. But there's nothing too difficult for the Lord. Because if somebody you know, and we know some big people, I think we know that um, once we have full gospel here, we know Apostle Williams. If Apostle Williams was coming here, he doesn't need introduction. If Reverend John Smith is coming or Bishop Messiah is coming, you wouldn't need any introduction. If uh, uh, Minister Bishop Ejil is coming here, you will come without even invitation. But if Victor Collins is coming, we have to call you. We have to, we have to plead. We, we have to. But it's okay because the same thing happened to Jesus. When Jesus came, the Pharisees said, we don't understand this movement. What we know is Abraham. What we know is Abraham. We know Moses. We know the laws of Moses. What is this thing that this guy has brought? That is how they even managed to kill him at the end of the day. They tested him. They tried him. They brought cases. Brought the woman caught in adultery. They said, what do you think about this? They wanted to ensnare his words because he was a new guy around. So I know that our job in going to the length and breadth of Guyana it's, 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 it's what? It's colossal. 
And as much as we invite you to join the association as a minister, I'm sure we will, you look at us like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need some time. Somebody said he's thinking about it. So, somebody said he's praying about it. It's okay. Because that's also what makes me even enjoy what I'm doing. Because if, if it comes easy, you won't work harder. But I know for sure that God has laid on my heart to bring pastors together, not just in Kokwani, but in the whole of Guyana. All the ten regions, an association that comes together as a stronger force that we can contend with the powers that be if necessary. And so um, we are here to promote the association and to, and to invite you to, to join. Um, we have a lot of information about it and all of that. There's a lady who may have called you if you're a pastor. She's the one, Trovisia. She's the one who does all my moderation and, and harassment for me. <laughs> Harass the ministers. Call your foes. Send them things. She's my harassment officer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The good one. And, you know, and she gives me feedback and all of that. So if you need more information, you can please see her. But just one small thing before I move on to some books and then I preach. Shortly, we're going to leave after the meeting, on our way to Georgetown to prepare for our services tomorrow. So um, it won't take long. But one main thing I want to share with you about our association, about our aims and objectives. You know, when you start anything, you need to have an aim or an objective. I'm sure that's why um, our pastor here has Christ Covenant Center. There's a, there's, a, there's a reason behind that. People just don't choose names. If you choose a name, and that is something I obviously seen about Guyanese. We, we choose names for our children that don't make any sense. We put the first three letters of the husband, the last three letters of the wife, and we make a name. <laughs> when Elizabeth said that the baby should be called John, the people argued. The people said, John? There's nobody in our family called John. Never call this boy John. They argued and argued until they went to Zachariah, who was deaf and dumb. And they motioned to him, What is the name of the baby? Until Zachariah, the man, and I've been saying some things about the man, wrote the name John. They would never have accepted Elizabeth to uh, name the boy John. So it's on Zachariah's word, they said, Okay. Because in the Bible, your, your name, names are very common. There are a lot of Marys. A lot of Judases. Peter, Simon. The Bible names are there. But you see that we grow up concocting con- con- names, making cocktails of names. And names are very creative because a name has a meaning. Every name has a meaning. And when you name somebody a particular name with a certain meaning, that's how the person becomes. Such as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so if you call somebody Judas... I've never come across a Judas before. But that's why people don't call their children Judas. Because he'll betray somebody and will hang himself. (laughs) Chelsea, are you with me? (laughs) So there is something behind the Christ Covenant Center. And so we as an association, and me as the the spearheading, or you can call chairman, or whatever name you want to call it, that's fine. But I'm the visionary. And I'm not known. I've been in Guyana for 17 years. And I know a lot of things in Guyana. And many people don't know me. In fact, I was in Pastor Court this morning. We were having a nice fellowship. And, you know, a gentleman came around who Pastor Court knows. 
and then he's, I think he's in town. So, you know, he was trying to introduce me to him, and we were talking. I asked him, he mentioned my name. He doesn't know my name. And I said, Shepherd House. He said, no. I said, Lighthouse. He said, yeah, I know Lighthouse. I said, I am the face behind Lighthouse. <laughs> he said, I see signboards all over Georgetown. I said, yeah, but now we are called Shepherd House. So many people know about our church, but they don't know who started the church. Because I don't go around promoting myself in a certain sense. I like my own corner. It is God who has given me this trouble. <laughs> that I should go around and mobilize pastors. So our first aim and objective, that's the only one I'm going to just show, uh, share about briefly, is to provide a medium for fellowship and interaction between ministries and churches. It may sound very simple and common, but I explained this in another outreach somewhere. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17 says that uh, as iron sharpened iron, so uh, one sharpens the, count- the countenance of his friend. And when you are relating, and I know I came late. I mean, I came later. But it's better to come late than not to come at all. Paul came later, but he did more than the, the actual disciples did in terms of writing. He became the apostle to the Gentiles. And then God says that the Bible, Jesus said, nobody does new things through old means. And that's something that if you're a Bible reader, and that is one of my problems, many of the things we do and we believe is not based on the Bible. Should I say it again? A lot of our lifestyles are not biblical. Michelle, how are you? A lot of the things we, we, we live by, they are not in the Bible. If we are going to be Christians, we are going to have to understand that the Bible is the final authority. Are you with me? The Bible says a man leaves his father and his mother. Many men don't leave. They marry and they stay. Because it's convenient. My, father's, my father has a big land. So why do I move and go and rent a place when I can build right at the back? But that's not what the Bible says. You see that many people have done things, are doing things based on what they think is right rather than the authority, which is the word of God. But it is, the Bible says it is through the word that everything was made. And without the word was nothing made that was made. You get it? So when iron sharpens iron, there is, you see the impact. I mean, our visit here, I thank God that out of the blue, I mean, out of the blue, but it's God. God I, I felt that we should organize ourselves and take an offering and push the project that CCAC. Pastor God, am I right? Is it CCAC or CCC? CCAC. Okay, we missed the A. Uh, CCAC. The project that CCAC is on, the church building, I felt that Pastor Court and I wanted to meet. In fact, the first time we are speaking is when I came here. Am I right? He has heard of me since 2006, I discovered today. Yeah. Because he got hold of loyalty and disloyalty then. You know, through, you know, a few things that, you know, it's not needed to say here. But this is like the third opportunity we've had to come, or the third attempt we've made over, since 2006, it's about what, 16 years, to come to Kokwani. There was somebody who had wanted me to come to Kokwani, you know, didn't materialize, and then there was a lady who wanted me to come to Kokwani, didn't materialize, but now, it's like it's the time for me to come, you know, and it's such a blessing to be here after 17 years in Guyana. And I'm saying that when iron sharpens iron, there is, there is a clear impact. So we came here, we're campaigning for people to join pastors 
and church leaders' assistants to join Give Thyself Away. But the Lord led me to take an offering to push the project. I mean, whether Pastor Court likes it or not, likes it or not, he can't forget me. <laughs> if he, if I, after here he says he doesn't like me anymore, he can't take away what God has used me to do in these few hours. That is what the scripture means. Iron sharpens iron. It's not sitting down and gaffing and eating and praying and going away. There are a lot of fellowships like that that people go to, but there is nothing from there. In fact, there are people who are wary of associations. We had a Zoom meeting. No, we, are, we, we have our meetings on Zoom because it's a national body. It's not so easy to bring everybody together. But this year, we want to see if we can do it once a quarter. We will demand everybody to come from wherever you are. Let's meet in Georgetown for a better fellowship. You get it. And so a pastor said that he doesn't want to join this because he has seen a lot of associations start and they don't go anywhere. I have, nev- I have not forgotten about the pastor. In fact, he's on standby for a meeting with me. I want to meet him physically because if he has never met somebody like me before, he should meet me. I'm not somebody who easily gives up on what I, th- I-, I believe in. I don't easily give up in the things that I'm doing. I have a church. I have over 50 pastors. I have about 20 churches. But I take my time to go out to these places to encourage pastors to join our association. I can, when it comes to preaching, I don't like preaching. I don't need to go anywhere to preach. I have my people. You can, you can ask them. Preaching in my church. I can create preaching opportunities from Monday to Monday. And I am the leader, so I create. I, I, I take the lead and people follow. I said, tomorrow we are having a meeting. Yeah. When we go to church on a Sunday, we are there doing all kinds of things. I leave the church around 1 a.m. That's when I go home. And my main people who are pastors, they can't go home until I'm going home. What do you mean? You are following me, and I'm in a church, and you've gone home. You are not following me. If you are following me, where I am, that's where you will be. Is that not what it was? Wherever Jesus will go, the disciples will be there. In fact, when he will leave them and go and pray, when they catch themselves, they say, where is he? Then they will take a boat. Somebody told them they saw him crossing the river. Then they will take a boat. Then as they were going, they see some jumbie on the water. They say, hey, jumbie. Jesus says, no, jumbie, it's me. Followers are always where you find their leaders. So you can't say you are following Pastor Court or Apostle Blair or Pastor Solomon, and then when they are moving, you are not moving. You are not a follower. The devil uses people to call it control. They bring, they put a bad word on it, and they call it control. It's not control. When you are going to marry the lady to come and change her name and bring her to your house, was that control? You call it love. You didn't say control. You put a ring on her finger, you change her last name, you bring her to your house, and she takes off her panties, and you'll be juking her in the night. You don't call it control. You call it love. Yeah, I love you. You're touching her all over her body. You say you love her. It's not abuse. It's love. The one I say, follow me wherever. I said that's control. Something wrong with how you're thinking. It, it is all the reason why God has started this movement because churches and pastors are not seen from the Bible's point of view. 
And so, when we say iron is sharpening iron, I want you to feel my presence when I come here. Or I have to feel your presence when you come into my life. Not just sitting down and having some, uh, what, roti, roti and curry and drinking some mobi. And we say, let's pray for Guyana. Oh, Lord God, Guyana. If you pray for Guyana, we are not seeing nothing. It is even because the way we pray is even wrong. And I have my opinion about all of that. But I'm a newcomer, so people wouldn't receive me. But they will miss it because God does new things through new people, not old people. If you want to experience something new, you look for new people, not old people. You can't. Old people are very difficult to move. <laughs> old people? People who have been around for a long time. Oh, Lord. Think about it. When you marry for 30 years, it's not the same as when you marry for two years old. It's not the same. The legs are different. <laughs> yeah, the legs are different. Yeah. Fresh marriage legs are different from 30 years marriage legs. Yeah, those who have married for long, they'll tell you. They won't tell you. They'll move around like everything is okay. But for most long-time married couples, they don't even kiss. Because like, ah, you, 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 you. But when it started, it was... 30 years later, you, you. It's true. Why are you? Go brush your teeth, man. <laughs> no, I, I am married for 27 years. I'm married for 27 years. We used to use one toothbrush. Now I have my brush. My wife has a brush. I ain't able no more. <laughs> yeah. No, we used one toothbrush for years. Even the other day, I think I was in a hurry brush to brush my teeth, and I forgot the color of our tooth, toothbrush cases are the See, one is darker and one is lighter. In my, in my hurriedness, I used to have a toothbrush. It was when I finished, I said, you. <laughs> but you don't even feel anything. It's just a normal toothbrush. You. Look at that face. So just, you know, for, for as a, just as a record to those who say, oh, I am in something already, or I'm... No, 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 no. God is doing something new. And if you want something new, you should look at the new thing, the new guy who's around. When Jesus came to be baptized, John said, he's the one you should follow from today. From that day, for those who don't know, Andrew, the brother of Peter, was a disciple of John the Baptist. Uh, John, the brother of James, was a disciple of John the Baptist. From that day, in John 1, 29, when he says, this is the Lamb of God who is slain for the sins of the world. From that day after the baptism, Andrew and John followed Jesus. They left John the Baptist. It's right there. John chapter 1. Yeah. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother. These, the two, they followed Jesus just right because something new has come around. It's not everything in that's good. We know that. But when God is doing something, you can't say it's not good. I said, when God is doing something, you can't say it is not good. Unless God is not the one who is doing it. And so, we mean business with fellowship. And we came here with books. I mean, I've come here with books that you've never seen in your life before. And I introduced some. 
So that's the association. That's our first aim and obje- objective. I mean, the rest, Sister Trevisia can tell you, or we can stay in touch. My number is very known. We came here with things that will affect the way you treat marriages in your church. This doesn't give me anything. In fact, how much is this sold for? Liz, 15,000. Can you believe that this whole thing is 15,000? 40 books. Even if it's, if it's 1,000 for one book, it's 40,000. I don't know if you, if you, if you did CXC maths. You did CXC maths? <laughs> 40 books. 1,000 each. 1,000 for a book is, is nothing. Even if you say $500 for a book. All right? There's a book here. Let me see what. There's a book here called The Art of Leadership. This can't be 500. But let's say it's 500. There are 40 books. That's 20,000 for the whole pack. That is what we as an association, that's what we want to give to the members, the pastors who open up to us. And you can, you can sleep with these materials for the next how many years of your life and ministry. Your church will change. This book will teach you how marriages should be started, should be run, and then should end. You see, marriages are very complicated in our country, Guyana. Very complicated. Many married couples don't do marriage counseling. A lot of married couples don't know anything about marriage. They're just trying something. You can be married for 25 years. It's only luck that is running your marriage. There's nothing solid by the word of God that you're using. That is why many wives in Guyana control their husbands, including pastor's wives. I'm not afraid of anybody. Because Eve controlled Adam. Right there in the Bible. Our great-grandmother Eve. Have you asked yourself, how come Eve ate the apple, but Adam ended up eating the apple too? What did she do to our father Adam? You rub your head. You rub your head like that. <laughs> there's a place for a woman, there's a place for a man. God has that in his word. There's a place for children. There's a place for money. There's a place for sex. If you talk about sex in the church, it's like you're talking about something strange. But God created the female part. He created the male part. Satan, there's nothing sex that Satan has to do with. Though. It is a well that has turned things upside down. All the things that you know, many people didn't, don't know it in marriage. They know it outside marriage. Yeah. And most unmarried couples, boyfriend, girlfriends, the love and the passion is hotter than Christian marriages. Because you are so holy as a wife, even G-string, you don't know what G-string is. What what kind of drink is G-string? It's a drink. (laughs) It's energy drink. (laughs) You see a young girl who is trying to take a man or go after a man, she'll do things. The only thing we don't do as Christians and wives is we don't dress attractively. We don't dress nice. Yeah. Old panty, panty old. One year ago, you, it wash out, it wash out. 
It's a fishing net now. <laughs> so we're saying this book will help you. It will help you. And then, of course, Pastor Cord, the book that we spoke about, the loyalty and disloyalty. A lot of church members are very unfaithful. If you're gonna, if you're gonna be a pastor and, and run a church, you need faithful people. Not talented or able people. You need faithful people. And faithfulness is something that's very lacking in the church. In a place like Kokwani, after doing church for over 27 years, I can predict what happens here. I can say what happens here without not even having been here. You know, Pastor Court was telling me that. He said, Bishop, you said some things, you know what? Somebody might easily say that I told you to say the things. But Pastor Court and I only spoke when I got here at the London. I've never spoken to Pastor Court ever in my life until we came here yesterday. Right at the London when we came Vandenberg, Vandenberg landing, right? Which I hear is my relative, one of my relatives. <laughs> Landa, yeah. Sister V, yeah. You know, that's why I met Pastor Court for the first time, shook his hand, hugged each other, and spoke. We didn't say anything about church. But I have said some things here that he's telling me. He said, Bishop, God is, God is too much. That is how you know that it is God who is speaking because things that you know that you have not told me, I'm speaking about them. If you are going to be a pastor, and you see, what we are doing, let me probably help your mind a bit. What we are doing as an association, I, I, there's nothing I gain. Like I tell you, preaching, money, whatever, I have enough. I drove my own car here. I'm not a politician. I'm not a party person. I drove my own car here. I bought my own gas. I don't need money. What we are, the offering we are taking here is to help us go to places because as I go with people like this, I can go, but maybe somebody might, you know, let me just put gas in their vehicle. It's, it's a way to also sow a seed for a pastor to also be reached to get these materials and to be exposed to the association we have. But faithfulness you need. It, it doesn't have to be my church only for me to think about it. When, and that's also one thing that I struggle with in Guyana. A lot of ministers use the word kingdom. I never understand it. I've never understood it up to today. I don't understand it. They say it's all about the kingdom. You don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> no, it's all about your church and how you think. That's how you should speak. It's not kingdom. Kingdom Kingdom is too big for you. That's why God has called you, has called me, has called him, so that all of us will be, make the kingdom, but we still have our particular aims and visions God has given to us. You can't say all the churches in Kwakwani should come together and be one. It can't, all the ram shops can't come over and be one. Because everybody has a vision why he starts a ram shop. The kingdom is so big. That God is not giving us the bedding of the kingdom. He's giving us the bedding of what he has asked us to do. Don't be concerned about the kingdom. The kingdom is for God. You'll be concerned about what he has called you to do. And what you're doing is just a little bit of the great kingdom he controls. There's no church 
that can do well without people who are faithful. There's no marriage that can do well without people who are faithful. There's no business that can do well with people who are not faithful. If you have a business and you don't have a faithful person, your money will, your money will disappear. In the same way, if you have a church and the leaders and the members are not faithful, you see that every Sunday they go here. One Sunday, then they go here. Then one Sunday, then they go there. When you're looking for them, you can't find them. They've gone to the next church. And the other pastor is happy that somebody has come into their church. Somebody that they didn't, they didn't lead to Christ. I said, I can tell you what, 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 what is, can easily happen in Kokwani. But we need people who say, you know what? That's my church for the rest of my life. We need people to say that. We need people to say that. You stay here until God tells you something. And God doesn't tell people too many things. Many people say, God has told me. God, has, God didn't tell you nothing. Stay right there in the church and do your best. That's all. This book will help any pastor. You can be a Catholic pastor. You can be Anglican. You can be whatever. This book will help you. It's a general Bible book. And I said, they have this loyalty it has cousins, it has aunties, it got grandchildren. The cousin of the loyalty and the loyalty is those who accuse you. Pastors get accused a lot. Yeah. So this, that, that, that. And Pastor Court, who, who you know, has works in the secular world and he has his church, you can easily think that he's using money from here to put here or putting money from here. You can easily accuse him of all kinds of things. Yeah. You can easily say all kinds of things. And people are, there are some people who, who just don't have any evidence, but they will talk as if they know and they have evidence. And there are some simple-minded people who are also what? Where's that next cousin? They are ignorant, people who are ignorant, who believes everything they hear. They are easily taken away from churches. You know that, that pastor? We had a pastor's conference just about a few months ago. I sent my pastors out to invite pastors on the West Bank of the Demerara River. One pastor said that I don't have a spirit, so he won't come to the conference. So we're trying to find out what he means by that. And after much persuasion, he said somebody who used to come to our church ended up with him, and he was doing deliverance. And what came out of the deliverance, that is when he marked me that I am not correct. What can come out of deliverance that is not in the word of God that you can use to run your life? Do you know demons also talk and they tell lies? What can a girl who used to come to the church, you don't even know how, why the girl is not coming to our church anymore. Then how do you operate on a patient that is not your patient? Then you say things come out of the uh, uh, prayer and from there you know that I don't have... It was very funny even how he said, how can I have his spirit? What spirit does he have? He should rather say that I don't have the spirit of God. That, that even makes more sense. And so he will not come to the conference. And people say all kinds of things. A pastor came to the conference. He was blown away by the conference. He was affected. You know, he's in love. He has joined the association. When he went back to his church, two of his leaders are telling him he should not associate with me. Two members are trying to control the pastor. And he's massaging them. He's massaging them. He's romancing them. He's coaxing them. If I was him, that's the, the same day you, do, you are not leaders of the church anymore. You can actually leave the church. 
Because you can't embrace something that you say God has given you and go back and face opposition. You have to know the opposition that you are facing, where it's coming from. So, these books will help you. Out of leadership. A pastor is also a leader. The Bible doesn't say leader, but an apostle is a leader. A prophet is a leader. An evangelist is a leader. The fivefold ministries are all leadership. And during a conference in Georgetown, I spoke about the wrong leadership in the wrong place. You see the fivefold ministry? The real person who should run a church is the one who is a pastor and a teacher. Prophets don't run churches. Evangelists don't run churches. Apostles, they break, they start, they can stay there, but apostol- an apostolic ministry is a movement ministry. Because they have a certain strength by the grace of God, and they break grounds. And so it is the pastor and the teacher who stays with the sheep or the people for the rest of their lives. And so you have to actually understand who takes care of a congregation. That is why a lot of churches are not prospering. That's why a lot of churches are not huge. And that is why I want to speak briefly about the art of shepherding. Because the pastor... The pastor, the Ephesians 4 verse 11. I'm, I'm just speaking from that verse. And he gave some apostles. He gave some prophets. In Guyana, a lot of people are prophets and apostles. You hardly hear of a teacher or a pastor. I said, I've been here for 17 years. It's like when you're an apostle, you're more respected than if you say you're a pastor. But there are two different offices. It's like, you're a medical doctor, but you are, you are a, a, what? You are a cardiologist. You deal with the heart. And then one person deals with the eyes. They are not the same. If you give your heart to the person who deals with the eyes, he can't help you. In the same way, you cannot give a church to a prophet. Because a prophet sees visions and dreams, and he speaks for God. He doesn't preach. Unless you are a prophet, and you can preach and teach. You can't and you shouldn't run a church. Nobody will tell you this, but you have to understand what the function is and know where to position it. The word pastor there is coming from the Greek word poimen, P-O-I-M-E-N, which means shepherd. It means that the shepherd is somebody who takes care of sheep. Solomon said, be thou diligent to know the state of thy flock. Be diligent. I'm talking to pastors now. Because I'm a pastor myself. If I'm not a pastor, I will not have a congregation after 17 years. And the largeness of the congregation. Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks. He has linked that and look well to thy heads. The next verse, 24, if you give me 23 and 24 together, he says, for riches are not forever. Which means that the state of your flock, looking well to your heads, is connected to riches. Are you here? Are you with me? I might say something. Be 
thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks. Sheep group come together to call a flock. And look well to thy heads. For riches are not forever. The riches are not forever. It's linked. It's linked to the look well to thy heads and be diligent to know the state of thy flock. And the person who takes care of flock is a shepherd, which is translated in English, pastor. So if you don't have the pastoral calling, you can start a church, but you can never, you can never get rich. Not like personal money riches, but the flock will not increase. If, I'm, if I don't know how to take care of sheep, and I say, bring me one girl sheep, well, bring me one boy sheep, they can't happen. I, I bought, I bought, um, I bought a, what, a, a, a goat, pregnant goat, and she gave birth to two children. <laughs> All the children died. She's alone walking in the bush there, lonely. I can't even get her a husband. Anytime I see her, I say, oh, this is my goat. She looks lonely. But because I'm not a natural sheep taking care of shepherd, I have not even taken the time to go around to look for, for a husband for her. Do you think that if that was my main business, I wouldn't have a husband for her? Oh, I have three husbands for her. <laughs> because I know what she can give me if I give her a husband. she give me children. I'll be a grandfather. That is what happens with churches. If you don't have the office of a pastor, and I'm not saying that if you don't have the office of a pastor, you cannot be a pastor. You can. Because Paul told Timothy that you should do the work of an evangelist. Timothy was the first bishop of the church in Ephesus. He was a pastor. But he told him, Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. It means that you can do outreach. You can take care of people. But the grace to take care of people, you don't have it. Are you, are you with me? Are you here? And so, if you don't position yourself well, what happens is that nobody will say anything uh, about you, but you will end up not being successful in what you are doing. Because something as much as people coming to church, we can't get people to come to church. When we started doing it, people said, we are controlling them. We are, we are forcing people to come to church. If I don't force you to come to church, what will you do? How to force you? If I am a shepherd, if I am a shepherd, then the Bible says that the shepherd works with a rod and a staff. What is it for? To lash myself? I should lash myself in my rod and my staff? No. The rod is to lash you to follow the line where I want you to follow as a sheep. You can say that's abuse or control, but I don't understand it like that. And so Sunday morning, I have to call you and say, where are you? You coming? Um, um, what? I want to see you now. Okay, pastor. But you see, the way we do church around here, we just go to church and expect the people to come. No, nobody who takes care of sheep does that. You take care of sheep, and then you just... You, you let a sheep go out, and you wait for them. They will come back by themselves. 
you are not serious. You don't want to be prosperous as a shepherd. And so when you are a real shepherd, there are things you do. I mean, I, I was being told that, I think it was Sister V, Sister V had some, um, what, some, some what? Chicken, chickless or chicken from, they came from town or something like that. They came on holiday. The chicks, they came from uh, town to Kokwani. And I heard that she gave them some medicine to settle them from the traveling. I've never heard of something before. We, when we came, we didn't get no medicine to settle us. <laughs> but you see, you, you are dealing with somebody who knows what she is about. Me, if, if I live in Kokwani, I bring chicken from Georgetown. When, I, when they come, I'll pray. I'll, sing, I'll say hallelujah. You are going to grow and bring me money. Before I realized they are dying. And I was like, ah, why are they dying? The chicken from Georgetown, they are no good. No, because I just don't know that when they come, you have to give them some high wine for them to settle. Mr. V has to tell me whether it's high wine or what. <laughs> that is what people do when they are experts at something. You realize that even though we are pastors, or we say we are pastors of churches, we are not experts in controlling, guiding, and leading. And if you read Psalm 23, oh Lord. That's for another season. But he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down. Shepherds are supposed to make their sheep lie down. And you can't tell his It's not control. It's not control. It's shepherding. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. A shepherd leads people. I am involved in my church members even deciding what to do with their lives. Should I go to school? I want to do business. Should I do this? I sit down with them and we decide what they must do. That's my job. That's my job. That's my job. Yeah, I have this guy. What do you think? Should I marry or should I marry? Then I say, okay, this, this, this. Let's look at this. Let's look at that. Are you sure? I am involved because I am supposed to lead my people. Beside waters that are still, that their lives will be peaceful. Because if my church members have trouble, I have trouble. They will call me all the time. They won't let you sleep. (laughs) So it's very important that my sheep, when they are sleeping, they can sleep so that I can also sleep. There's nothing enjoyable in sheep not sleeping and you two not sleeping. And say, I'm a man of God. People call me all the time. No, you're not a man of God. People call you all the time. The people should not call you because... They are resting in green pastures and besides the waters. He says, he restored my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yeah! Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It is not a song. It is not a poem. It is something that a shepherd and a sheep, they do. David was talking about God as his shepherd and he himself as sheep. And you can apply that to our situation as pastors and our congregation. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if, if you're a member of my church and you travel, and I don't know if you've traveled, when you come back, I'll ask you, about you, you travel, you don't, you don't say nothing? Is that how you behave? Which school did you go to? What church are you part of? You just travel, you don't say anything. At least say something. I'm going here, I'm going here. So, oh yeah, wow, okay, God bless you. May the Lord take you safely. And then when you come, it's very nice to, you know, oh, uh, Bishop, Pastor, I've come. Uh, God was good. Ah, let's praise the Lord together. Every area of your life, I am like a detective. Yeah. When I meet people, 
If I meet you in a church and I'm talking to you, you, you can easily be surprised. I'll ask you if you have a boyfriend. When was the last time you had sex? I'll ask you all the questions I have to ask. I have to know who I'm dealing with. You have to be diligent to know the state, the condition of your flock. Are you a virgin or you're not a virgin? Because virgins are pure. Non-virgins are very dangerous. A girl who has had sex before is very different from a girl who has not had sex before. Yeah. Those who have had sex before, when they come around you, they play fresh. Those who have not had sex before, they don't even know anything. They don't know what freshness is about. They are pure. So it's very important to know as I am taking this person to be my secretary, this person to come and work in the office, is she somebody who, who is trouble with? If she got them trouble, I say, please, go, go and be an Asha. Even an Asha, I don't let you be an Asha. Because when the men come into the church, you watch them, so you watch them. So, so I'll put you Sunday school. Go to Sunday school. <laughs> be with the little children. <laughs> you need to know the state of your flock. So the art of shepherding is important for everyone who is leading a church. Even if you don't have the office of, of, a, of a pastor, you can do the, of, the work of a pastor, but you need a lot of information. This book, the first part talks about the sheep, which is the church members. And then the second part talks about the shepherd, the pastor. And then he talks about the diseases. One of the things that this book talks about is the diseases of sheep. Because every sheep, they're animals. They get diseases. The reason why David said, thou anointest my head with oil. There's a reason why. Because if you know how to work with sheep, you see that they get like wounds. They get wounds in their head like that. And it causes a lot of flies. When they are, when they are grazing, flies, and it disturbs them. Sometimes, you see, they can even hit their head against a wall like that just to try and drive a fly away. And so the remedy for that is in the, in the, in the, in the days of David, they will mix olive oil with some spices and they will rub it around the head of the sheep. And that was to prevent flies from coming to settle on their head and disturb them. In a similar way, it's like your sheep, the church members who are disturbed by demons. Remember they said Jesus cast out devils by the, the, the head of devils, by Beelzebub? Beelzebub is the head of flies. So flies are indicative of demons. And so you have to be able to anoint the head of your church members so they are not affected by demons. Are you understand what I'm saying? But for, two, for just a few minutes, I wanted to just share briefly about the shepherd as a light. The shepherd as a light. Wow. It's a big book full of interesting things. The shepherd as a light. Are you there? Okay. Genesis chapter 1. Remember, God is the one who created light. The shepherd is a light. You know the shepherd is a light? The shepherd is a light. And like I'm saying... We are here to strengthen the hands of pastors and churches. That's what we are here for. We have to, we are agents of promoting pastors and ministers of the gospel. They must be promoted. I was preaching at an anniversary in, uh, on the East Coast. 
a few weeks ago. And Kwame McCoy was there. So, me, I say all my things in, my, in, in the church because I don't, I don't see any politician to say anything to them. <laughs> so, I saw him on the front seat and I was preaching. And the anniversary day that the church was trying to raise money to start a building project. And so, Kwame McCoy had come, you see, um, as a guest. And I think one of the strategies of the pastor, my friend, who's trying to build this church, is to see if the government can support the project. Right? I have a different opinion. My father in the ministry has hundreds, hundreds of church buildings throughout the world. We have four church buildings in the country so far. Our headquarters in Canal Number 2, Polder, is on nine acres of land. Big. Our sitting capacity is 1,000. We are working towards 1,000 people. We are not there, but we'll get there by the grace of God. Right? And so I understand how church buildings work. But he, as we related recently from, because of Give Thyself, he wants the government to come into his project. I, I, I don't think the Bible has a way for that. Because how do you account for the money? If, if let's say, the minister of public works, who's our, 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 our brother, if he gives you money to do your building project, how does he represent that in his budget, in his accounts? Is that allowed? That the ministry can give 100000 to Pastor Court to buy blocks for his church? Where, where, where in the ministry of public works does that, does that? And we do accounting. We do accounting in our church. Every, we account for our expenses. And every, we have done things in such a way that every expense, there's a heading for every expense. There is almost not an expense that doesn't have a heading. There's a category for expenditure. Because if you leave it open, you use money for all kinds of things. Even if it's, if it's to buy drink, you should create a category for refreshment. So that we know that every month or every other month, there's $5,000 that goes into buying drinks for the pastor. Otherwise, money spending will just be all over. That's not how you do accounting. That's even another subject in leadership which we could share another season. Because you have to know how to do accounting in a church. So, come McCoy was sitting down there. And before I started preaching, I said, you know what? Me, and, and, and I, I promise you, I'm not afraid to say anything anywhere. <laughs> nobody, can, nobody will kill me and nobody can kill me. If you kill me, cry, I go to heaven quicker. I mean, unless another corona comes, I won't be around. I gone. I said that, you see, the government, you've come, minister has come to sit here in the service, nice, proper, front seat. You know, the, the government is always asking the church to do this. Religious bodies, the other day, President Ali says, we should do a national day of prayer. Does he speak in tongues? National day of prayer. I thought politicians don't declare national day of prayer. So I said, you are here. You are asking the church to do so much. But you don't do anything for the church. The government doesn't do anything for the church. Even to a land, when you want the land. Oh, Lord. When somebody, first time we wanted a land, somebody said, you should go and see the government. When I went, I found out information. I said, no, 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 I don't want a land from the government. You know why? They'll give you a little bit of land. The government will give you one plot. I, my church can't sit on one plot. I want my church to sit on 20 plots. You could give me that? If you give me that, then I'll come to you. Because I need a place for car park. 
I need a place for children's church. I need a place for office. So apart from the sanctuary, I need rooms for the children. I need offices for different activities. And I need a place, as my church members are increasing and they are prospering, they are buying cars, I need places for them to park their cars comfortably. So I, I am not somebody who likes a one-plot church. I'm not a one-plot church man. That's not the church that I am based at. We can park over 500 cars. Nine acres, you calculate it. Because if, if the seating capacity is 1,000 and God gives us even 800, and let's say half of the church, everybody drives. It's 400 cars. That's I need space. So they can't park on the public road. Then after church, somebody has run into somebody's vehicle. They won't come back to church. I have to lead them to a place where they will lie down in green pastures in comfort. When you see the American church, what do you see? It's a big church. It's a big compound. And we see these things that we admire. So what? T.D. Jakes. Wow, jealous thing. But we can't do some for ourselves. So I went far. I went far. The West Bank. You see, the, don't, don't worry the bush. We'll conquer the bush very soon. Yeah. We went too far on the West Bank where we could buy nine acres. We bought it. So we are under construction. That's the main sanctuary. It's going to seat a thousand. And then we have the office block and the children's church at the back. There are so many other buildings that we are going to develop. And I can promise you, there's no church in Guyana that sits on nine acres. There's no church. You don't know me. You don't have to know me. But I have a chair that sits on nine acres. Even if it's bush. <laughs> all the big men in Georgetown, they don't have three, three plots. One plot. They're all squeezed onto some one small plot. I'm on nine acres. And you don't know me. Which is very good. Because Jesus, people didn't know who Jesus was. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. And so... I want to just share briefly about the sh- a shepherd is a light, isn't it? Genesis chapter 1 verse 16. Three points. And we close. Wow. And then those who are, if you have your envelope for the project, you can bring it. And then those who want to take some more envelopes, we can give you more envelopes. Shanala. Shanala. We have envelopes, right? Beautiful. That's my envelope uh, uh, secretary. <laughs> Genesis 1 verse 16. The Bible says, and God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. So God in the creation created lights. And light has its purpose. If we don't have light, I'll have to put this one away. By the time I finish, I'll bring some coconut water or something. Light gives us heat. Light helps us. There's so many things we use light for. We use light for uh, uh, cooking, air condition. Now we have electric cars. So many countless advantages of light. What many people don't understand is that God also made people light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. The first light is Jesus Christ. The shepherd, the pastor, and I want the church members here to understand that your pastor, as I'm coming to it, is a light to you. 
He will light your darkness. The beautiful thing about a pastor is that a pastor is nobody but somebody who God has chosen and given grace. That's what makes the pastor a unique individual in your life. There's nobody on earth like that. Not even your husband or your wife. She says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. He says it. I am the light of the world. John chapter 1 verse 4 and 5. I am the light of the world. John 8, 12 is right there. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. The shepherd is a light. To him was life. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the life was the light of men. Do you see a lot of emphasis on Diwali? You don't have Diwali here, isn't it? You, some, some people do Diwali. Hey, you have Hindus here too. <laughs> but the light, it's like the festival of light. People, they find light so important. Because light shines. Or light is that which gives you the ability to see. There are many people who are not seen because they don't have pastors in their lives. You can't see because you don't have a pastor. The people who are around me, that God has given me here in Guyana, many of them, if not all of them, if I start telling you their stories, you'll be amazed. They were going on a particular road, and when they were invited to the church, their life has gone a different turn now. So many stories that I I can't finish. But, and the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So there are many scriptures, I don't want to go into that, but the first point is that Jesus is the first light as a shepherd. The second light is John the Baptist. John the Baptist. In John chapter 1, John chapter 1 verse 8. Or verse 7. Verse (laughs) 6. So we'll get it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. And then the Bible goes on to say in verse 8, he was not that light. Which means that he is a light, but he was not the or that light. Isn't it? But he was sent to bear witness of that light. Hallelujah. In John chapter 5 verse 35, Jesus speaks of um, John here. He says what? John 5 35. He was a burning and a shining light and you, are, you were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. I want you to just understand this thing in, 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 in summary as I'm closing. That for whatever purpose light is to you, that is how much your pastor is also to you. Yes. Yes. I know many people who use their tithe to pay their light bill than to bring it to God. Because they don't want to sleep in darkness. If light is so critical to you, I'm telling you, I came to tell you here that your pastor is so critical in your life. 
Your pastor is so critical in your life. A life without a pastor is a life without light. So, but I have Jesus. Please. Please. You don't have President Ali here. Even the regional chairman, RDC, he doesn't, he's not here. We have a, 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 neighbor, a, a, what, a neighborhood or district. Personally, it doesn't work here. God doesn't work in your life directly. He has people in lace. Apart from the fact that Jesus died on the cross and the curtain in the temple that separates the Holy of Holy from the Holy Place was torn into two, that all of us have access to God. He still has a structure. He's not a confused God. He's not an author of confusion. He will always deal with men through another man. I can show you Hebrews chapter 5. Very quickly. If you don't have a pastor in your life, and I'm not saying if you don't go to a church. Many people come to church, but they don't have a pastor. It means that the pastor is not involved in your life. For every high priest, please listen carefully. For every high priest... Taking from among men, New Living, it's better, New Living Translation. For every high priest is a man chosen to represent other people in their dealings with God. It means that God expects the high priest to deal with him where other people are concerned. I'm not reading the Old Testament. I'm reading Hebrews. As much as he's quoting from the Old Testament. This is what it is. That's how God, God anoints a man, he's called a pastor or apostle or whatever, and he leads people. He presents gifts to God and offers sacrifices for their sins. And he's able to deal gently with ignorant and wayward people. <laughs> he's able... Uh, if you're a pastor, you can't deal with ignorant people. You can't be a pastor. I tell you. The church is full of ignorant people. Wayward people. But that's what the high priest is ordained for to do. Because he himself is subject to the same weaknesses. And so, whatever light is to you, the man of God is the same. Jesus is the first light. John the Baptist is the second light. And the third light is your man of God. Your pastor. Every minister it's a burning flame that brings light into the world. Matthew, um, Hebrews chapter 1 verse 7. And I'll give you a scripture from 2 Samuel. And then I am done. And of the angels, he said, who makes his angels spirit. And his ministers a flame of fire. Ministers of God are light also. Because if you walk in the, if you have a sickness, it's, it's a darkness that has occurred to you. It's a minister of God who will lead you out of that darkness by the light he carries. If you have a marital problem, it's the minister of light who comes in there and sits the couple down and solves the problem, take you from that darkness and lead you into a peaceful marriage. That is called light. So whatever light is to anybody here on earth is the same thing a pastor or your leader, the leader of the church, is to you. A problem that many people face is that they, many people are not able to 
activate or provoke the pastor's uh, um, 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 help in their lives. You see people come to church, oh yes, hello pastor, yeah, everything, yeah, everything all right. I beg you, everything is not all right. Everything is not all right. You just have not humbled yourself enough to see that the man of God is a light. And therefore, that darkness of yours, you need the darkness to shine in your life. Sometimes you need to find husbands for some ladies. And sometimes you need to find wives for some men. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. People don't know how to choose a wife, you know. You should experiment and see. People don't know how to choose them. You'll be surprised. I was dealing with a young man who told me that he said, he said, Bishop, I wanted to tell you a long time ago, but I frightened. I don't know how for saying. I said, man, I don't frighten, man. I said, what happened? He said, he liked a girl in the church. I said, why not? It's not a bad idea. Who is that girl? He mentioned the name of the girl. I almost vomited. I almost fainted. You know when you faint, you need like my call, right? Like my call, you come back to life. He <laughs> catches her. I was so surprised at the girl that he was interested in. And I knew some things about the girl that were so bad and ugly that I know he doesn't know. So all I told him is that, no, 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 I don't, I don't think it's a good idea. Forget about it. Yeah. No, I am involved in my people's life when they have to choose a wife or a husband. I must. Because I know some of the church members, they walk around like angels, but they are demons. When I bring my light, you see, you can't, you should go and ask Jacob, he will tell you. When he thought he, had, he was marrying Rachel, when he woke up in the morning, it was Leah because of the darkness. His, fa- his ma- uh, father-in-law, uh, Laban, made him work for seven years. The last, the, the last day of the year, they celebrated a big party. You know, they, they, they had these, uh, these kerosene lamps they had in those days. So, you know, when Richard and Leah, you couldn't make a difference because they were sisters. You know, you can't make a difference. Sometimes some sisters look very much alike. And so he was getting drunk, he was partying because seven years of, 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 of frustration has come to an end. And in those days, they let the woman go ahead of you to go and lie down and wait for you with powder all over her chest, powder. You know, those days was powder. But this perfume we have these days. And Leah was lying down. When he even went, I'm sure he, he, you know, just tried something and then he went to sleep. In the morning when there was light. I said, in the morning when there was light. He took the, 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 the cloth off the face of the woman. Only to realize that. Bet on the wrong horse. Because there was no light. If you leave sometimes people to make their own choices, they make the wrong choices. 
Sometimes some people that some boys will say they want to marry. You wonder whether their head working good. Is the church? <laughs> yes. Because some of the girls, it's all like maybe here in Kwakwani where you are more in a rural area and the girls grow up well, you know, they help the kitchen. These town girls, they don't know if we do nothing. It's only KFC chicken. <laughs> it's chicken. It's chicken. It's KFC. It's Chinese rice. When they are hungry, say, honey, you could bring some KFC when you're coming home. I want to eat home food. No KFC. No, she never cooked. Her, her nails is from here to there. She can't light up no stove. Your stove will burn she, she uh, fancy nails. <laughs> But I'm sure in a place like here, you know, as a girl, you work. I'm sure mommy, you help mommy in the kitchen. I'm sure you can cook. That's Chanel, isn't it? I'm sure you can whip some little chow mein or some fried rice or something. <laughs> I'm sure you can do something. Hey, town girls, shine rice. It's shine. It's shine. Aisle. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Town girls, I tell you, it's amazing. So you, you need to help people. You need to let the light shine in their choices. Now, I don't think it's even a good example to give, but it's okay. If you don't do that, you see that the light that God has given to you, it will not shine in many lives. You see in the Bible, I remember, even before I go into the Bible, I remember growing up, there was a girl in our area, nice girl, and I liked her. And when I, as I was making my advances, I wasn't a Christian then, as I was making my advances, my father used to watch me. I didn't know my father was watching me. So one day he called me and said, son, come. Sit down. I sat down. I was wondering what daddy is going to tell me. Then he said, he know that woman's granddaughter. The grandmother of the girl was my father's age group. And, and the, he, he knows her from our village. Right? So he told me that, you know that, that lady's granddaughter? I don't allow you to go around her. I don't think you should be getting close to her. I was surprised the man picked, picked it up. You know, old people, when they sit down, they say they are drinking tea, they're watching TV. They're watching TV, you know, they're watching you. <laughs> and, and you are so young that you don't know when they are watching you. I was surprised he called me and told me that that fancy girl in the neighborhood who had a nice shape, nice bumsy, and nice buttocks. And when I see it, and my eyes were rolling and rolling. I was surprised that he would tell me not to go close to the girl. I said in my head, this old man here understands what's going on. I got me girl, I like she bad. What are you there for? He's too old. He doesn't know them things. Many years after my father passed away, years passed, I went back to Ghana for a meeting and I went back home and I encountered a lady. I was so surprised the way she manifested. Then the only thing that came to my head was, remember what your father told you about 15 years ago? 
Because if it was a girl that I said, no, I'll marry her. I love she. I'll marry she. Nobody can stop me. I ain't left me man for nobody. I ain't left me girl for nobody. If I had gone there like that, like a mad person, it would have only taken time for me to see what my father was saying. So Samson, even as a judge, Samson, even as a judge of Israel, when he went to Timnath and he found a lady, he came back as the custom of the Israelites to tell his parents to go and take and ask the girl's hand in marriage for him. As a judge, he could not even go there by himself. As custom demanded, he had to go and tell his parents. And as much as his parents didn't agree, because the Bible said God was going to do something with that. And so the parents didn't agree. But that is how it used to be. That when you know you like somebody, you come and tell your parents. One day my sister, I have a sister, her name is Juliet. She brought a guy home. Came to introduce him to my father. And my father started talking to him and interviewing him. And he asked him, where are you from? And there's a part of Ghana that where people come from, people who come from there are not respected. You get it? I think in Guyana, we, we, there are some people like that. We call them names. Yeah. When the guy mentioned where he comes from, that was the end of the conversation. That was the end of the meeting. My father closed the meeting. My father told the man, I don't want to see you around my daughter anymore. That was the end of the story. Because my father said, if you come from that village, you are going to be nothing to my daughter. He had to shine his light in my sister's life. David one day was going to be killed in war. And Bible says he became old. So they were supposed to go to another war. And he was going. His, his commander said, no, 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 no. We are not going to allow you to go. Because perhaps or peradventure, if you come along and you die, the light of Israel will go out. Jesus is a light. John the Baptist is a light. And the ministers of God are lights. If the church will look to these men and women of God that God has placed over your life, in Kokwani, and wherever you come from, you see that your life, your life, you see, it takes light to know that there's some wood ants under this here. It will take some light only to discover that. You'll be surprised what light will expose. That is why the Bible says the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light on my path. What it means is that when you have a lamp at your feet, it shows you where you are standing. As a child, one day my mother sent me to go and buy tomatoes or something in the evening. When I was coming, there was a track I was, I was using. A scorpion climbed my right foot. I just, you know, those days, you know, when you're a child, you wear these, you know, slippers. You don't even that you even wear anything. I went to buy, I was coming. The scorpion was just passing, and I think my, my foot just went in front of him, and he just crawled on my foot. So I felt something, and I just shook my, head, my leg off like that. Ladies and gentlemen, in the next 30 minutes, my foot had gotten big. I was in an ambulance going to the hospital. I was vomiting black. My head was out of the window and vomiting on my way to the hospital. Because where I was walking, there was no light. If there was light, I would have just said, Hey, brother, what are you doing here? Go, 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 let me pass. Because there was no light, I was just walking, walking, walking. Pops, I could have easily died. That's what the word of God does to our feet. It tells us where we are standing and then where to go. Once it's a, it's a light onto our path, a path is a way 
in the midst of places that there's no way. So a path is clear and the other places are bushes. So that path is, is, is attracting light and it actually prompts you and, and activates you to walk on that path. That is how pastors are to the church and to church members. I advise you, if you don't have a pastor, if Pastor Court is your pastor, Pastor Solomon is your pastor, Apostle Blair is your pastor, and you don't involve them in your life, you are missing a lot. You are missing a lot. I miss a lot. Pastor Kevin can tell you, myself and him have been involved in securing vehicles for some of our church members. They never thought they would drive a vehicle. But we came across something. The Lord made a way where there was no way. And our church members are driving. Some, our pastors are driving vehicles they never thought they would drive. I'm a light. I'm a light. People want my... That's my reverend. He's been in the church since 2005. It's in the church he found a girl to marry. All the time when I had not come to Guyana, where was he? Why didn't he marry? Now I come and I form a church and he get a wife in the church. I've been a lie to him. Reverend, oh? Yes. The one at the back, who's also married? My computer, my, my, my media lady. Husband is from the church. I said, ask yourself, you came to the church at what, age, what, 11? 12 years old, she joined the church. The lady pastor here is a birthday today. Birthday, she, that's a birthday girl. She joined the church at 11 years old. <laughs> that's, that's a, she is a birthday today, 30th April. And one of my pastors, he eyed deep on she bad. <laughs> I'm sure he wish he was here today. Yeah, because you're looking very nice today. You got to take a picture and send it to him. Say, what? Look at she. <laughs> It's only Pastor Kavi who brought his own wife into the church. But me like, me like the thing, I want him to come and find wife in the church. <laughs> Showing the praise and worship leader. In the church. He found a wife. I'm asking you, if the church is not a good place, and if I'm not a good pastor, why do you find a wife in the church? If the light has not shined on a lady in the church, how will you see her? All the girls in Guyana, you couldn't find anybody but a girl in me church. I'm a light to you in your life. Ah, gee, he behaving like he's not here. <laughs> he's a Fandenberg. Fandenberg is a is a Fandenberg. Fandenberg, yeah, yeah. He came. He came at 14 years old. He joined the church. Little boy, 14 years. He joined the church. He got wife, red woman in the church. <laughs> and a red sun. Yeah. Beautiful. Because in the, in, as they come to the church, they follow the light, and on the road, as they are following the light, they begin to discover things. Because they discover. He went to Bible school for four years. He's a Bible school student. He, he, know, all the, he knows the book from his heart. He can tell you all the books. Went to Bible school for four years. He wasn't going to do anything. He went to one of the bad schools in Georgetown. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And, and. <laughs> when, 
When he joined the church, nice little boy, my eyes were on him. Then, after a while, I wasn't finding him. So I went to his house to look for his mother, Vera Vandenberg. I went to his house looking for the little boy. So I said, Mommy, where's Leon? It's all in the home. But mom, Pastor, let me tell you something. Wait, wait, wait. Then a woman goes into the house, bring a trophy. He said, look, Leon went to dance at the culture center and he win a prize. I look at the woman and I said, Jesus, control my, control my heart right now. <laughs> I am looking for my little boy who is not coming to church for a few weeks. You are happy that he's gone into the world to dance and win a trophy. Ah. When I laid my hands on him, I took him, I took him to the office. I said, bye. You're the most chopiness. You're going to dance? How often do you dance here in the church? You're going to dance in the culture center? I, I abuse him bad, bad, bad. And since then, he settled. He settled. No, never dance in the culture center again. Never. <laughs> never. Because the light now shines. And they begin to see where to go, where not to go. When he started coming to church, his sister didn't want to come to church at all. That's his sister right there. Also another Vandenberg. Yeah, we own all the landings in Kogwani. <laughs> That's another Vandenberg. Yeah. That's his sister. When he joined the church, she didn't want to come. You don't want to know what she used to do. She's a, a big shot. She used, to, she used to have a property, a house. And she was living on a top floor the only woman in my church who was married to a white man. My only white man church member was her husband, Mr. Tony. And then she used to run a rum shop, like, you know, you know she's from Oriala and Kokwani, so she do rum things. She had a rum bar on the bottom. And it's only the other day she told me that she used to rent girls to come and do strip dancing. She he used to bring girls, and the men will come and drink, and then they would strip them. Fancy things they do. She, and she's one of my pastors now. Because when she comes, yeah, light, oh, the, the light guides them out of darkness. And that's what I'm talking about. That if you don't engage this man of God, God has given to you here in Kokwani. Me, I'm not from here. I'm from West Bank. What goes on here, I don't know. I don't know when next time when I'll come here again. But I will see you again. I don't know. But what I can tell you is that just as I am a light, these men of God are also lights. They are also light positioned here in this part of the country for your benefits and for your life. If you don't see them like that, you walk in darkness. But if you see them like that, you see a lot of light. You'll be navigating dangers. You'll be navigating dangers, dangers, dangers. Like a, like a boat captain who is, who is running a boat on, in a rocky place. You avoid the rocks. Navigate to a proper destination where you'll be prosperous and be excited. Stand to your feet, please. Hallelujah. <laughs> ah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Wow, we say we're closing at 12, and by one we'll be on the road. Our God is a good God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let now your church shine.
Thank you for Kokwani. Thank you for the seeds that have been planted. The Bible says the sower went out to sow. I have come, we have come as you've led us and seeds have been sown. I thank you for the ministers. I thank you for the churches. Even the churches who are not represented here, I pray for them because that is what kingdom is about. I pray that the churches here will blossom. The churches here will flourish. The churches here will blossom and do well. 
let the church rise above any prosperous business in this town and this village in the name of Jesus. May the light of God that is in Jesus, that was on John the Baptist, that is in these ministers who are represented here, let that light shine brighter. May we hear about Kokwani in good things. May we hear about Kokwani in the area of the kingdom, the church, the planting of the churches, the movement of the churches, the development of the churches, the establishment of the churches, the miracle power of the churches. Let us hear about it, O God. The blessings of the Lord rest upon CCAC and the rest of the churches. I pray that you give them the money they need. Give them the finances they need, O God. For them to run the churches and to, and to build for you structures, oh God, in this place. Use them for your glory and use them for your honor. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost rest upon their lives. The oil of God. The anointing that breaks yokes. The anointing that breaks yokes. A double portion of what Elisha asked for. Let the oil, let the oil drop upon the ministers. Let your anointing drop and fall upon their lives. Let them minister. Let them do well. I pray for their marriages, oh God. I pray for their wives. That they will be there. They will stand as a spiritual and godly woman supporting them, Lord. I pray for the members of these churches. That they will see the light you've given to them. They will see the light that you've given to them. Because for many, there are no parents any longer. For many, they are so old that they don't have any light around them. But these wonderful men of God, let them look to them. Let them look up to them. Let them see them as your source of light in their lives. And I know that light will never go off. Thank you for our time here in Kokwani. It's only your blessings we live in this town, in the churches, and even in the homes and in the lives of your people. I pray. Our Lord, you also touch every life that is here, every healing, every miracle, every demon attack, demonic attack or possession of God that needs to be broken. I pray that your power will affect everyone in this building right now. Break yokes, deliver your people, and set them free. Let your power be at work, even long after we've left. Thank you, Father, for blessing our time here with great fellowship and great blessing. In Jesus' mighty name, and somebody said, Amen. We believe you have been blessed by the powerful teaching of God's Word. For booking and more information on the ministry of Bishop Collins, please call us on 592-225-6760 or email us at shepherdhousegy at gmail.com. You can also log on to www.shepherdhouseinternational.org. God richly bless you.